Thank you. Yeah, a new series, really exciting series called Download, and where we are tuning into what does it mean to really listen to the voice of God. And uh, we're going to be doing a deep dive with uh, various passages throughout the Bible where people have heard God um, and put put God's words into action in their life. And uh, we're really excited tonight because we have the wonderful Gabby. Give her a round of applause for our wonderful Gabby. Gabby is one of our students here at St. Matt's. At St. Matt's, we absolutely love our students. You are such a massively important part of our family. Um, uh, big shout out to all the students. Give me a wave if you're a student. Look at you all wonderful. We love you. We're so pleased to have you here in this church. And we really hope that this is going to be a place where you can grow in all of your giftings. Um, and I'm, this is my demonstration of somebody actively growing in all of their giftings, like this model here. Um, fantastic. Do you want something to put your stuff on? Would you? So somebody's going to make that happen for us. Uh, it's going to, yeah, perfect. Thank you. Thanks, Do you see how that works? The power of the microphone. Thanks, Toby. Perfect. Um, I'll, leave it, I'll leave it to you then, Gabby. Over to you. Okay. Is it, oh, it is on. Yay. Um, just out of interest, I think it might only be one person, but has anyone just come back from house party? It is just one person. Massive slay to James, because I know how tired I was when I got back from house party two years ago. Um, Good evening, everyone. Um, as Vanessa said, I'm Gabby. I'm a student, and I am studying medical science. Um, yeah. I love being a STEM girl, because I get to make pink liquids in the lab. I don't know if you can tell, but, you know, pink. Um, and one day, I might accidentally change the world through medical science. Fun. Hopefully in a good way. I also run an a cappella group, so this means that I can beatbox. I will not be doing that now. <laughs> Later, later. If you come find me later, I'll beatbox for you. <laughs> Who was that? Ed said do it now, okay. <laughs> anyway, um, gosh, people are going to be like, what did you learn in church today? It's like, oh, well, she beatboxed. Um, but it also means <laughs> that I, um, I'm always willing to make myself look silly for entertainment purposes, as demonstrated. I am so excited to be kicking off this new series, which is all about hearing from God. It's going to be about how we hear from God, why he speaks, and what we're supposed to do about it. One other fun fact about me is that I have not always been a very good listener because I'm very easily distracted. Anyone else? Um, but So you may relate to the fact that I am an avid reader. Um, so what makes me very happy is that God has given us a very readable Bible that he loves to speak to us through. Now, the Bible isn't the only way that God speaks. He can also speak to us directly. He can give us pictures. He can speak to us through someone else. He can even sometimes speak to us through dreams and visions. However, the Bible is a very key way that God speaks to us, and arguably it's the most accessible. Sometimes if we, you know, feel like we have a word from God, we can second-guess ourselves or doubt can creep in. I know that happens to me sometimes. But the Bible is reliable and unchanging, and we can't argue with what's written down. A beautiful thing about the Bible is it's so full of stories about God speaking to his people, and this talk will be full of examples, well, talk series. Today, we're going to dive into a very specific passage that talks about God calling someone through very unique means, and we're going to look about what this story tells us about God and his words. Today's passage is from the book of Exodus, so if you've seen the Prince of Egypt, you should be familiar. In Exodus chapters 1 and 2, we were introduced to a guy named Moses who was born in a time in Egypt where any male Hebrew children would be killed. However, 
Moses' mother hid him in a little basket, and he ends up being adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. We then see Moses getting up to a little bit of no good. He kills a man, and then he runs away from home when he realizes everyone knows what he did. Now, as we pick up the story in chapter 3, Moses is living out in the wilderness with his father-in-law looking after his sheep. We're going to read from verses 1 to verse 12. It's going to be quite a lot, but it's a good passage. So it's hopefully going to come up on the screen, but feel free to open your Bibles, Exodus 3, 1 to 12. There it is, yay. Now, Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Practice paid off. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I've seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it's I who've sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. I'm going to pray. Uh, Lord, just thank you that you speak to us and you are still speaking to us, that this Bible isn't just a nice story that we read, but it shows us how you speak and equips us to listen to you. I pray that you'd speak to us today and you'd speak to us in the way that we can understand and a way that equips us. Amen. Um, have you ever spoken to someone and like, while well, you kind of were speaking the same language, it just felt like you were speaking a completely different language? Um, this, question mark, is my friend James. Hi, James. Um, <laughs> um, the one in the middle with the great hair is James. Also, side note, this is, a, this is a horrible picture of me, but I think it's a great picture of James, so he can't call me a bad friend for this. Now, James is an avid little mathematician. He's doing a maths degree. No chance for maths. <laughs> um, to each their own. The kind of maths that I personally vibe with is the kind of, if I bought this in cash, it was free because my bank balance didn't change. Like, that's kind of my level of maths, right? Sometimes James tells me things about his degree, and I just have absolutely no idea what's going on. He's a little genius, but I, I get so confused. As soon as he starts talking about logarithms, uh -uh. So back when I was applying to uni, I needed to do a chemistry and maths unit, to, and I had to pass it in order to get into uni, right? And it was like my worst nightmare in a module. So I ended up enlisting James's help to explain it all to me. At first, unsurprisingly, I was very confused. I vaguely remember being close to tears as poor James tried to explain molarity to me. However, somewhere along the way, he changed tactics, and he ended up explaining everything to me in a way that I personally could understand. 
and I ended up passing the module, yay. The reason that James was successful is because he spoke my language. He was better than me, and he knew more than me, but he spoke to me in a way that I would understand. One of the many, many, many great things about God is that he does the same thing. He knows literally everything and is better than us in every single way, yet he speaks to us in the way that's best for us. He approaches Moses in a way that works for him and speaks to him in a way that equips him. This is such a rich passage and it tells us quite a lot about who God is, how he speaks, and even gives us some pointers on what we can do today to hear from him. Have a look at what it says in verses four to six. It says, when the Lord saw that he'd gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the Lord God, I'm the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Moses, despite being just a guy, recognizes God's holiness, takes his shoes off, and shows immense respect for this holy, holy God. If we look back to verse one, Moses is literally just hanging out with some sheep. But in the midst of this very ordinary situation, God shows up in power in a way that Moses can't possibly ignore. Now, God had come to call Moses to something very specific. Moses was going to lead the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt. This was a huge task and something Moses couldn't possibly have done alone. So this acknowledgement from Moses about God's holiness and aboveness was absolutely essential. In our modern era, it can be really easy to just not take anything too seriously and the temptation can be to treat God in this way. I often find myself guilty of this. I'll say something along the lines of, oh God, well, I really want this. So if you could just do this and this and this and sort this out for me, then I can do this and that would be really lovely, etc., etc., etc. It's a super easy trap to fall into, right? But in order to understand God and his voice better, it is so essential for us to recognize that he is holy, he's perfect, he's totally set apart and other than us. His ways are just so much higher than ours. We fit into his plans. We follow where he leads, not the other way around. The incredible thing is that for this God who is just so much more than us, it would be so easy to just sit on his throne and in heaven and not really bother with us. But instead, he chooses to speak to us out of his holiness. And in this moment of holiness in the book of Exodus, God chooses to speak to Moses in his own language. Now, before the events of this chapter, the Israelites had been in slavery for a really long time, and the people start crying out to God about their suffering. The chapter before this, chapter two, finishes by saying, so God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. In fact, the whole book of Exodus happens because God is hearing and responding to his people's cries for help. In verse seven of our passage today, God says, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers and I am concerned about their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them. God speaks in this example and in so many others because he is keeping his covenant that he made with the ancestors of the Israelites. This is God's great faithfulness in action. Now God speaks in a way that Moses can understand and also in a way that actually encourages Moses. In verse 11, 
Verse 11 says, But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? A valid question, Moses. God's response is not pleasantries about Moses' character or his abilities. He doesn't say, well, I think you'll be great because, you know, you're just dead. God says something infinitely more reassuring. I will be with you. Moses is acutely aware of his shortcomings. Relatable, right? In the last chapter alone, he stuck his nose in somewhere it didn't need to be, killed a man, slightly less relatable, and run away from home. God, however, has none of these shortcomings. He has the pen and again, Moses says, Lord, I am not good enough. And again and again and again, God says the equivalent of, I know, but by the way that he speaks to them and the way he reassures them. It's often different for every person, as it still is today. However, a common theme is his assurance of, I will be with you. He knows and we know that we can't do this without him. God is still in the business of bringing his people out of slavery. Maybe not in exactly the same way. I guess burning bushes aren't as common these days. But all of us at one point have been slaves to sin. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says, It is for freedom we have been set free. And we have been set free by Jesus, the living word of God. Just like the Israelites, we've been freed because God loves us and wants to be in relationship with us. He is not obligated to do any of this. Out of his holiness and his immense love, he chooses to set us free. What a powerful, incredible God that can bring life and freedom just through his words. Something that really strikes me about this passage is how before God puts his plan into action to free his people from their slavery, he has to set Moses free from his personal burdens. Moses had run away from someone because he killed someone, But in order to follow God's plan, he had to go back, and not only to go back, but to speak up to Pharaoh and demand freedom for the Israelites. Moses was ashamed and very nervous, and this is evident from all of his conversations with God. But God knows this, and he equips Moses with everything that he needs. In verse 10, God says to Moses, now go, I am sending you. God doesn't speak to people in the Bible, or indeed to us, just for fun, or even just for our own benefit. Every word from him is spoken with intent, and often when he speaks, he's calling us into action. When we hear from God, the correct response is not, that's nice. The correct response is to listen and to do something about it. Now Moses' encounter with God, Moses's, that's fun, encounter with God was brilliant and it was iconic, right? And somehow also surprisingly relatable and it sparked the rescue of God's people. However, if this was the only time that God had ever spoken to Moses or even the only time Moses had ever listened to God, things would have gone downhill so quickly. And we see this reflected in our modern lives. A lot of people will probably be familiar with the whole, oh, I went to X Christian festival and I just had this moment with God. But then school or uni or work got super busy and I just kind of like drifted a little bit. It happens. Last September, after arguably the most difficult year of my life, I had an encounter with God. My physical health was really awful and my mental health was really awful and I ended up not being able to do my degree anymore. And between all of those things, I feel like church and faith were kind of my lowest priority. In the midst of that, God met me in my student kitchen and overwhelmed me with his love and his holiness and his power. There was no burning bush, just a couple of mice that maybe shouldn't have been there. 
but to me, it felt like holy ground. However, this story isn't really about that encounter because while it was incredible, it didn't immediately give me any Bible knowledge. It didn't make me a good listener, it's a shame, or a reliable person or someone humble or wise. I am very much still working on all of those things. But what it did give me was a desire to know this God more and a hunger for his words. My encounter sparked a process of transformation. It did not make me immediately perfect. And this process is still happening because God continues to speak to me and I continue to do my best to listen. The Bible is so full of encounters. God will often meet with a person in a big way for a specific purpose. But these encounters are not enough to live a God-centered life. Moses is probably one of the best examples of a person who was just a very average guy before he met God, but we get to watch his entire transformation in the book of Exodus. And this happens through, you guessed it, continuing to listen to and trust in God. Now Moses is considered one of the greats in faith, and for a good reason. By the end of his life, he was regularly speaking to God face to face like a friend speaks to a friend. friend. So what's the takeaway here? What does all of this mean for us? It means that God wants to speak to us even if we are very average, sinful people. It means don't discount yourself from hearing from God because there is nothing that disqualifies you from meeting God and hearing from him. It also means that God is holy and his voice is worth taking seriously. He's better than us, he's infinitely knowledgeable and our job is to follow him through listening to his voice not the other way around. It can be really difficult to put this into practice. I've really, really struggled with this in the past, but through prayer and patience, we can learn to trust God more, and through trusting him, we can follow him better. Finally, I think knowing why God speaks to us and how can take a lot of the pressure off. We don't have to crack a cryptic code or wash ourselves how can take a lot of the pressure off. He knows us and he knows how to speak to us. Hearing his voice is not some hours and hours in a room totally free of distractions to hear from God. Tried it. If we're open to him, we can hear from him on the drive to work, sometimes while we're singing our praises to him in the shower, daily. We can hear him in the moments of quiet at the end of the day. We can even hear him on the walk to uni when we're just pacing it and we realize, oh, we haven't read our Bibles today, so we grab our phones and look at the verse of the day. Um, just not from personal experience or anything. But God is always ready to speak to us because he is a God of relationship. He loves us so much that he's desperate to connect with us. Could we be just as ready to connect with him? Uh, I'm gonna finish in prayer. Lord, thank you so much that you are in the business of speaking and through your words, there is freedom and there is so much love. I just pray that you would teach us how to listen to you and that when you speak to us, our lives would be transformed. Amen.